This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Andrea Simone. Andrea is the co-owner of Spinnaker Restaurant and Inn. She is also a commercial real estate pro for the last 15 years. I'm excited for her to be on the show today. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure to be here, coming to you from beautiful, sunny Cape Cod today. Amazing. How long are you planning on being in the Cape? So... I moved down here five years ago. Oh. I was in Boston prior to that. And um, yeah, we've got a great 10-year plan and we'll see what happens after that. Do you winter on the Cape? So we're here year-round. We're open year-round, um, which is great. So we get to know the year-round locals, which is really fun. And then we have a whole nother round of uh, restaurants, reservations, I guess, that come in that are just summer only. Or people will come back and say, hey, I'm back. And, you know, maybe they've had a little bit of a work done or they look nice and tan. They're coming back from Florida. So we get or we have guests that come every single week, Thursday at six o'clock. So we get the whole gamut. Well, I'm excited to learn more about it. Thank you. Before we get started, I've got three challenging yet fun questions for you. Okay. We call this clear the air. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question one. Yes, Chris. <laughs> what is one skill you don't possess but wish you did? Uh, I wish I could lose 10 pounds instantly. <laughs> so <clears throat> I will tell you this. I used to wrestle. Um, <laughs> try that. I, I, I still... <laughs> so not healthy, but I've lost on numerous occasions. I think my top was like 17 pounds in 18 hours, something like that. Wow. So not instantly, but in the most unhealthy manner possible. And I had to cut weight to make weight for a competition. Um, it's the most unfun thing to do in the world. I'd rather be in the most intense, pressure-filled business negotiation than have to do that. But um, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> it's not helpful that I'm in a restaurant and bar. <laughs> It doesn't really help. Touche. Okay. Question two. All right. When is the last time you tried something for the first time? Uh, okay. So as an entrepreneur, literally every single day, you're trying something new. Every single day. Like, you know, uh, last weekend we had a rehearsal dinner. We had oysters brought in. They brought in a raw bar to start the party. The oysters came late. And I've never shucked oysters. And so I put on an of glove, which we had around, which is, you know, that like protective kind of thick layer glove, not even an oyster glove, an of glove from like uh, Walgreens, put it on and learn there are two sides to an oyster. There's a curvy side and a flat side and you shove the knife in and then twist it. And then it kind of comes unglued and then you pop it open. And then um, I did it and I didn't lose a hand. So... Can I, right? are you at the level now where I can hire you to come to my house and shuck yeah. oysters for Absolutely. a summer barbecue? I'll bring my up glove. <laughs> yes. The trick, although I have a great trick for you that my husband, the chef taught me after when you're shucking them, you, if you don't have like a fancy ice bath or whatever prepared, 
you can crinkle up foil on a cookie sheet and that will hold the oysters in place while you're working through all your shucking and that keeps all the juices in the shell which is you know what everybody loves to slurp and so you can kind of do it on a crinkled up foil as a bed for a staging area all right mm-hmm. see yeah, i didn't think i was learning every single day you try something i didn't think i was learning about oyster shucking today but we can <laughs> stop right here and learn something new every day okay <laughs> Is Last the next question. going to be a hard question. What is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? Ah, okay. So um, it's kind of a twofold, but I would say um, it's a combo of if it's a combo of the customer's always right. And if there's an empty seat, that means it's available to the customer. So it's kind of that people will walk in and see an empty seat and it's reserved for someone else. We have a whole, we're running a real business. Like I'm in the two hour real estate business with my tables. So I only have 49 seats. I have to maximize how much money we make each night from them. I have to maximize the guest experience so that they want to come back for more. And so I'm running a real business with these tables and chairs and it's not just throw another two in, throw another two in because we order, you know, our lobster, our oysters, our beautiful, you know, fresh ingredients counting on how many guests we're going to serve that night and likely how many are going to order the chicken or the lobster or the salmon or, you know, whatever we've got going on. And so if I go and seat someone, a walk-in at six o'clock, well, the seat's gone for the night, the pacing's gone for the night, and they might order the lobster that the person that called for a 7:30 reservation won't get because I gave it to a six o'clock walk-in. So it's, and it's my job to very diplomatically um, say, I'm so sorry, we're fully reserved for tonight and not have them freak out and go on Yelp and yell at everyone and storm out and be angry that they didn't get dinner when they're just hangry. Uh, it's really not me. It's really not, you know, they're dying to come to Spinnaker on Cape Cod. They just are starving and hungry. Yeah, that is an interesting one. I think it's hard for the general person to walk into a restaurant and see the empty seat and go, what do you mean I can't sit there? I know. Um, I know. It's, it's not easy. but It's my job to be very polite about it. So, so how, how, do you, how do you handle that and try to one day get that person's business? Well, hmm. so it's very interesting. We have a whole reservation system set up. Like it's very personal. I text every single person. So many people will walk in and say, oh, I've been trying to come here for months, which is so nice. And we're very grateful and very lucky that they are persistent. We're in a limited market. You know, that's it's historic Cape Cod. It's seasonal when our, our, our demand probably quadruples in the summer months, but it's still busy in the off season. And so a lot of it is sort of our online presence, our marketing, our branding, our kindness, the clear way where we have to turn someone down um, in, in the kindest way possible. 
um, it's not easy, but I think then they say, all right, well, this place is booked out two months. Well then, all right, I'll plan it for my birthday or I'll plan it when my friends are in town, I'll get myself organized. Um, and then when they do come, we have to give them a great experience. And I learned, you know, back when I was a real estate broker, like can just take copious amounts of notes so that, you know, when someone does call back, there might be a little note that says, you know, try really hard to come here. And so at least you can really try to get them in. And then every single reservation we take, they're in my system now, they're in my database. We made a note if they um, came during COVID, if they got takeout from us during COVID, like there's just extra loyalty and, you know, re remembrance to those people that, you know, made an effort to try to support you. Um, then you try to get them in. And again, you have to deliver a great experience once they're here. Otherwise, it's like, what did I wait all this time for? Sure. And it happens. Once in a while, it happens. One lady had a chip plate and she blew up at me and wrote me a letter and I called her to apologize. And I think she wanted a free dinner <laughs> and it was crazy. And it was during supply chain issues where it's like, I can't, I can't even get there. these amazing, beautiful, like kind of spaceship looking plates. And unfortunately, one got sent out with a chip and she got it and she was mad that she waited so long for her table, her reservation, you know, two months in advance or whatever. And then she got a chip plate and yeah. I feel bad. If I could go back, I would never want to send out a chip plate, but you got to forgive people. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. You would never hear from me about a chip plate, but I feel bad. I mean, I feel bad. If I could go back, I would. I would never let that out the door. But so, thank you for playing that game with me and answering those questions. Let's go to the business. Tell me, you're a real estate broker forever. How did you end up starting this business? And tell us everything that went into it. So my husband's a chef, and um, he was always you know, executive chef, head chef in, um, in and around Boston. And I was doing commercial real estate deals in and around Boston. And I knew, um, the cost of a liquor license in Boston before you even get started is around three fifty dollars to $400,000 just for the license. Then I knew you're signing a lease, which I was negotiating a lot of these deals and, um, you're, you know, you as the restaurateur operator are going to pay $10,000 a month in rent. So that means I'll never see my husband if I sign up and I'll, I'll never, I'll always be working like crazy if I sign up for one of these deals in Boston. And so, but he's very talented and that's what he does. And that's, he's a great chef. So sort of like, what can we do that would make sense? And I've always loved the hospitality end of the world. It was in my blood since I was a, you know, first, first job in high school, I was working in an ice cream shop serving chicken fingers and fribbles and whatnot. And um, it's been in my blood. And I think I treat all my clients and, you know, with hospitality, that same sort of kindness and thoughtfulness of what would I want if the shoe was on the other foot? If I was the guest, what would I want? And so it's in my blood. And so um, we decided to look on the Cape knowing that it was a seasonal environment where um, maybe we would open year round, maybe we wouldn't, or maybe we'd open limited timeframes. And this was before COVID, where now a lot of people are on the same page as us, which is nice. Like what would give us, him, a quality of life, like a balance of life? Because you can't work seven days a week, two meals a day to pay your 10 to 10 grand a month in rent. It's just not sustainable. And so we looked at the Cape and um, 
we looked at the, we bought a building that was a restaurant for 30 years. It's an old historic sea captain's house from 1861. And, um, it's beautiful. It's, you know, just typical Cape Cod building. And we bought it and, um, we opened Thursday through Sunday in the off season. So let me, let me back you up for a second. Mm -hmm. So you buy this building Mm -hmm. on the Cape. Did you consider leasing a building? No. No. And so you bought a building and you're in real estate. You know what it's going to cost to fit this out. Mm -hmm. How how did it cost as much as you thought or did you have to spend a lot more? No, way less. Way less. less. It was an existing restaurant for 30 years. An existing restaurant and inn. So we looked at it and knowing that I've been in and out of kitchens and in and out of restaurants, you know, spaces as a broker, knowing what it's going to take, it definitely needed some upgrades in terms of like three base sink, hand sinks everywhere, you know, like plumbing to the tune of like 20 grand, but you know, not bad. And so, you know, we kept some of the furniture, we had to clean out a lot of the, you know, sort of antique tchotchkes, we had to white, white paint everything, you know, whitewash it. But it was a fully functioning restaurant, you know, a month before a month before the closing. And did, so did you buy it. the business as well or just we the did. build? Yeah, we so we paid seven fifty. We bought the building, we bought the name, we um, which was the Bramble Inn. We bought their signage, we bought um, I think maybe their then we bought their phone number and their website. And I had no idea. Someone told me, make sure you buy the phone number. Because it was an existing restaurant space. And some people come to Cape Cod the first week in August, every single year of their lives. They've been doing it forever and they're going to go out to eat. And so they're used to going to the Bramble Inn, which was what we bought, the building, you know, that business. And so they're going to call. And so that's your chance to capture them before you've even done anything. So it was brilliant advice. I wish I could remember who told me that you should buy the phone number. So then we had a message, you know, hi, we're the new owners. We look forward to meeting you. If you're interested in opening information or reservations for the summer, please leave us a voicemail. And so, again, I captured all that data and we had little preview parties with those interested, curious friends and family in the neighborhood. They tried out the food. They checked, they looked at the changes that, you know, that we did to the inside in a welcoming, warm environment that they weren't paying for. And I think they appreciated that intro. We had, I think, like nine parties with 49 people. So we had a ton of people before we even opened the doors that were curious about this new restaurant in their neighborhood, whether they were the summer folk or they were the locals. So what what great, simple but great business advice. Mm-hmm. If you're buying an existing business, buy the phone number. Yeah, the only problem is, is that now I'm paying for a landline which I didn't realize, you know, and we have to pay. And I also have a phone, you know, cell phone, and I've linked them so that I'm not glued to a landline. But now I have to pay Verizon $89 a month, but it's okay. So, I mean, I'd figure out a way maybe if you could do it digitally or something. But, yeah, it was, it was good advice, and I didn't, I didn't realize it until much later on how we've been able to capture. People still call. Six years later, we'll call and say, hello, is this the Bramble Inn? Wow. He still says it's not, and I answer the phone saying Spinnaker. We are going to take a quick break here, 
And now a word from one of our sponsors. With over 80 years of architectural practice, NWS Architects and its sister minority firm, Chata & Associates, are committed to the visions, budgets, and schedules of their clients. Incorporating the best in architectural sustainability and licensed in 48 states with a 90% retention rate, it's easy to see why clients such as Brookfield Properties, DLC Management, Dollar General, and almost every major and junior anchor trusts NWS Architects with their projects, large or small. Call Sanjeev at 312-735-7123 or visit nwsarchitects.com to learn how they can provide value for your next project. Did you know what type of restaurant you wanted to open when you guys were looking for, to open a restaurant yes. you decided to do the cave? And so yeah. what type of restaurant is it? What is the restaurant? Talk to so me about it. So it's Mediterranean chic boutique inn and restaurant. So I have four guest rooms that are all en suite. They have their own baths. So it's a little B&B upstairs with the guest rooms and then the restaurants downstairs. And um, my husband and I have traveled a ton. And we're, you know, we eat out all the time. We're taking photos of what we eat. We're reading menus. We're curious people. And so the menu is very eclectic. Um, there's a lot of local seafood. Obviously, all of our fish comes locally. You know, we're blessed with being on the ocean here. And so, you know, but with the menu has things, you know, from Italy where Rob trained and I went to school um, in Lucca, Italy. So there's a lot of Italian items. And then also um, Spain. Greece. Rob was an archaeology major before he went to culinary school. So there's Turkey, Israel. So there's a lot of like different influences on the dishes. We change the menu weekly, not every single dish, but sort of, sort of what can we get locally? What's new? Like trout we had had for the past two or three weeks. And we've made it a sesame crusted trout with a beet tzatziki sauce with a hummus that's homemade. Everything's made from scratch. It's a beautiful, colorful plate. I had never eaten trout in my whole life and I love it. It's delicious. And um, it's just, that's what we can get, you know, for the past couple of weeks. Although this week we can't get it. So it's not going to be on the menu this week. Wow. That's fun. Are the guest rooms always full? So, um, you know, it's kind of crazy with that too. So, you know, I, like I said, I'm in a two hour real estate business for the tables. I'm also in, you know, the crazy real estate business of changing my real estate. Like I, the whole COVID thing, caused us to be so malleable in our real estate from an operation standpoint. So I had tables outside and we had to move all our 49 seats outside for one whole summer. So if it rains, it's a nightmare. I have to contact everyone and say, what would you like to do instead? Thankfully, it only rained two nights of that first summer. Wow. I had to kind of either convert to takeout or juggle or whatever. And then, um, Last year, we were allowed to do inside and outside. And so if you booked an outside table and it was raining, I had to find a spot for you. And so last year, I pulled all the bedroom furniture out of the rooms and put tables in the guest room space. So now I have private dining rooms upstairs. I still have all the furniture, so I might do the bed, you know, do the B&B again. We're getting requests for it, but we'll see. Innovative. So I love that. When entrepreneurs are just they're resilient people it, when when you were doing the B&B &B, was it like a B&B &B where like I wake up in the morning and I stroll downstairs and you've got breakfast for me or like yes. how what was it yes so this is the other crazy part and this is I mean when you come to eat 
I, you know, there's going to be two hours of interaction pretty much between you, me, the server, the kitchen. We're going to find out if you have weird allergies or, you know, whatever's going on in your life. Or maybe you're bringing your new girlfriend used to come here with your wife and I'm supposed to just pretend that this, am I supposed to say nice to see you again or not? It's awkward. (laughs) So there's all those little nuances that just. That's too funny. And so when you spend the night, it's 24 hours of material basically of you know this is insane you're gonna ask me you're gonna tell me you forgot your tie you need an iron you you want more nespresso pods even though we put eight in the room like it's crazy and yes i'm serving breakfast which is hysterical so you know we're up at the restaurant until midnight and i'm begging everyone to be quiet because now we have guests upstairs trying to sleep and then by 9 a.m we're up serving breakfast and it's beautiful. It's lovely. Our reviews online, people love the breakfast and they're, you know, it's just, it's great, but it's crazy. Got it. But fun. So what, we'll see. We'll see what happens the next couple of years with the rooms. Did you have people who were, they come for the week and they stayed with you for the week because that was their vacation? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And by then you're like lifelong friends because right. you spend so much time together. And they've asked you so many questions about where they should go get lunch and where's the best lobster roll. And, you know, it's crazy. And so the time period that you opened Spinnaker, when is, when, what was the time period? So it was six years ago. So 2017, we bought it. Um, It was a Boston Marathon weekend. So April, I don't know, mid-April was the closing. So that was our marathon of peeling old lady wallpaper. And then we officially had our little friends and family things and opened officially July 26th. So not long for the flip over. Amazing. Possession to opening. But again, it was an existing restaurant and inn. Just not our style, really. A bunch of old lady stuff. Did you get to profitability in year one? Yeah. Yeah. So you own the building. It's very different, you know, when when you own the building. It's... And, you know, we're out in the Cape. It's, like I said, we bought the building for 750 I mean, it's, and the business, and the phone number, and the whatever, everything. Got Lots it. pans and dishes. I mean, we had to buy a lot of stuff in the beginning, you know, that, to make it more our style, but thank God, yeah. And now we're in 2022, hopefully major COVID um, things, events, are behind us even though COVID is still with us are are you full every night how what's the story what is how's the business going again full every night depending on on our we're in the people business you know depending on what our staff can handle our team I have to protect my path like this applies to any business any industry but like I can slam the kitchen at 7.30 and, you know, just seat every single seat, every single table, all within, you know, a half an hour. And they can't handle it, No, nor should they handle it, and they all walk out and quit. So my job is to be the gatekeeper of the pacing of the whole night. It's like I'm an orchestra conductor, like managing the timing and pacing so that we all work together so that it, it sings beautifully as opposed to everybody's just crazy maxed out all at one time. And I think I feel that way when I was in brokerage too. It was sort of like, you have to manage like how many properties you have or how many clients you have. What's the likelihood of, you know, the best return of your time and your efforts 
and you can't always predict it, but it's, it's, you know, you have to be respectful. I think COVID has changed that for a lot of people. A lot, there's a lot more awareness of people's time and capacity and appreciation for the landscaper's time. And, you know, he, the landscaper, our landscaper can only have 20 clients. I want to be one of his 20. And I think that's a shift we're just seeing like as a society. I think like every business is becoming a spa where you have to have an appointment. You have to have reached out to them ahead of time to get their attention because everybody's short staffed in every industry. Even, you know, you go to Chanel and they only allow so many people in the store. You have to have a sales person that you've reached out and made an appointment to come to go look at bags, which is crazy. I know because you're thinking, I'm just going to, I'm going to pay $7,000 for a purse. You should take my money. What's this appointment craziness? Why do we need to do this? But it's very respectful of someone's time. I mean, I can, you know, I can have seven servers waiting and no one shows up versus I can manage it all. And we have four servers that make more money. And it's a better use of everyone's time. So it's, I, I just, I feel like there's a huge shift in the whole way we look at employment and time and, and you know, appointments and respect. I don't know. It's really an interesting time. Every business is a spa. Interesting. I like that line. It is. It really is. It should be. <laughs> what was, you know, when you, when you opened up and you're open in your first year, what was, what was the biggest takeaway that like was a big surprise for you? Um, it was so much fun. It continues to be fun, but like, it just, we were doing it. Like you just do it and it just happens. Like you work your butt off and whatever it is, like you work really hard and it just, it happens, you know, like, I think we were just thrilled that like it was successful. It was, I'm sure we had blips and blops and people were angry about whatever, but in general, like this was a functioning restaurant. This was a functioning inn. Like we made friends, we made customers that have been with us since that little preview party and they come every single Thursday and they have their seat at the bar that I make sure is waiting for them. And I'm thrilled. So I think that first year was scary because it's just, it's like you're on a sled going down the hill and you have no idea what lumps and bumps are coming your way, but you're still on the sled by the time you get down to the bottom of it. Thank God. So it's crazy, but it's fun. So um, you, you come from a real estate background mm -hmm. and you know, when you're, when you're a broker and you're representing that, that one restaurant, like one of the first things I know is when's the second one, where are you going to put the second one? Have, have you guys ever thought of another location or are you guys wanting done? So this is what we thought of down the street. There are a couple of, friendly competing restaurants, right? We only have a certain number of seats. They only have a certain number of seats in between some of these restaurants and us is an abandoned gas station. And so I thought to myself, what if either us or together, the neighbors get together and have a bar that's like a beautiful little loungy bar that is, you know, brass and marble and velvet chairs and you know expensive cocktails and and with it comes a little appetizer of the day 
um, like a little meatball on a pick, you know, like six of those on a plate or um, a little spanakopita triangle, like six of those. And it just, it comes with it. And that's, that's the price of the admission. And it would just basically be a waiting room for all of us where I cannot function. I cannot serve you right now, but maybe, you know, maybe in an hour I could, or maybe in an hour they could, or, and so it's a little bit of a different concept where it's not, you know, you're not prepping the whole menu. You're prepping one food item out of an existing kitchen a day and that's it. And when you run out, you run out. And it's, so it's not, it'd be a variation on a theme and it'd be more cocktail driven. Um, So it's interesting, like a, you know, as a waiting spot, I guess I would be intrigued by that from a consumer perspective if I had this designated place to go and then it would be interesting. I might go to, you know, one restaurant. I might end up at the other. I would like it on one condition. If I go there, I think it would be great, but I need to be guaranteed a table after that hour. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I get it, if I'm guaranteed a table after that hour, oh yeah, that would be really interesting concept. Uh, I think it'd be interesting how you'd all have to price it to make that a profitable venture. I imagine it would be more expensive than I would, I would think for it for to be profitable for you. But that would be interesting. But if I was guaranteed a table, yes. I would be intrigued. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it would just be, it'd be, a, it'd be like a seat at my bar, but right now the cost of my bar is a dinner and a drink. Like, but we have a little tiny bar and we reserve the seats and it's basically, I don't, we don't enforce it, but basically people dine at our bar. Right. So if you came in and took the seat and just had a drink, well, that's great, lovely, but now the cost of that seat just went down. But if I could have a different bar for you to have just a drink and not a kitchen full dining experience, then it, it it works for everybody. And yeah, of course, it would be like a certain certain section of our restaurant would have to be reserved for that one hour cocktail waiting, whatever it is, and everybody else would do it. So I don't know. We'll see. But then COVID hit and labor shortages hit and I'm washing dishes at times. So, you know, we sort of like... Eh, pump the brakes a little bit right now how how has the labor shortage been so it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy like literally i've washed dishes like which is fine like you know no job too big too small but it's like we need to find a permanent solution to it and our um our wages have gone up i mean now people are like advertising we'll pay you over 20 dollars an hour or, you know, other restaurants are saying, we'll give you a signing bonus and an end of season bonus just to get you to stay so you don't quit. Um, another big resort was handing out cards at restaurants to servers, like poaching, saying like, hey, you did a great job. Come work for me. And they would give them that card. So it's scary. What do you, what do you, so how are you trying to compete in this market? Have you so taken any steps? Really well is we, um, no job too big, too small. I'm not afraid to, you know, shuck oysters, dishes. right? Shuck oysters. Exactly. Whatever. So you lead by example. My husband's in the kitchen. He's working day and night constantly to do a great job. So you lead by example, you treat others as you want to be treated. The golden rule, um, 
and I think we've done a really good job of building a very sweet little community within our group. So you can go work at another restaurant, but like you won't see an owner, the two owners there working as hard as they, as they do probably. And you won't see as loyal of a clientele and you won't see as well run as and respectful of an environment. So you can go and leave to go work at another place. And that could happen today. Everyone could go and quit. I mean, today, I don't know, but we just, you, you try to be really mindful of it. And so it's, you know, it's your most valuable asset, you know, like I can replace chairs or a sound system or, you know, uh, martini glasses that are constantly breaking. But if you've got, you know, a bad hire or, um, you know, a tough situation with labor that you can't, you can't just poof and vent somebody. Nope. I hear you pain. I know what you're talking about there. Well, give everyone in case they're on the Cape, where's Spinnaker's? So we're in Brewster. It's Spinnaker. Um, so our website is spincape.com. Instagram, we're at spinnaker.capecod. Um, we are reservation only pretty much, as I mentioned. Um, we're open Thursday through Sunday in the off season. And in the summer, we're open seven nights. Um, and if you're calling and just leaving a message, which is how we take reservations, please let me know that you found me through Chris um, in the reservation request so that um, I can make sure I get you in. And uh, that's great. I, I uh, The next time I'm in the Cape, I'm coming, but I'm going to call four months in advance to make sure I get a table. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> good. High class problem. It's the, a good thing. It's a good problem to have. It's true. We're very, very lucky. Very lucky. One random question. Mm-hmm. In the off season, Monday through Wednesday, what are you doing? Oh, it's great. So um, no restaurants are open on Mondays generally. So we're at home. We have a fireplace. We have a beautiful condo that we redid during the pandemic. So usually Rob's cooking at home on Monday nights. Um, Tuesdays we'll go out and try what everybody else is doing, whoever's open and that kind of thing. And then Wednesday Rob's back in the kitchen during the day. So he's prepping for the week of service Thursday through Sunday. And I have Wednesday during the day to do like stuff I need to do, um, you know, just for my personal life. That's my day off. And then um, Wednesday night is, you know, kind of like, getting the menu together for the week. You know, we change the menu weekly. So we fight over how it's going to read, <laughs> what the elements are on the dish, you know, who, who requested it and when are they coming in? And, you know, just kind of talk the business Wednesday night. And um, that's it. And then a couple times a year, we'll close and go to Europe. So we're actually headed to Amalfi on Sunday. Wow. The yeah. Amalfi Coast. Amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been fantastic. I've Thank got... You. Three more questions for you. Are oh, you ready? Okay. Wow. All right. Here we go. We call this retail wisdom. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? None. If you're dead to me, you're dead to me. There's a reason why you're dead. <laughs> no one. Come on. No. no one. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. No. If you're dead, you're dead. There's a reason. Wow. That's why you're a good business person. Ruthless. <laughs> um, okay. Question two. What is the last item over $20 you bought in a store? 
Um, Chanel Uvive perfume. I went to the actual Chanel store and it was a lovely experience. I had a really crappy experience at two other well-known mall beauty stores. Horrible experience. And I just said, uh, forget it. I'll just go to the Chanel store on Newbury Street. Got it. It was lovely. Brought you back to Boston. Yeah. Uh, 90 minutes away. No big deal. Okay. Last question. Yep. If you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in? Probably in my car. (laughs) Why are you and I in Target and I ran out on you? (laughs) Like we can't just hang out and talk? Like I got to run away from you? No, we were shopping and we got, I was looking at something. You came, you were looking at something and you, you, where would you go? What aisle would I find you in? I really, I'm pretty loyal. I don't think I'd leave your side. You thought you would be more likely to say, please, can I just take a break and run? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. You'd probably find me on my phone in the car. In the car. Okay. Shopping online. <laughs> okay. That no, that's not. Okay. Well, listen, Andrea, this was great. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope everyone checks out your website and your Instagram and calls you seven months in advance the next time they're going to the Cape. (laughs) I'm taking reservations for summer 2028. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you so much. This was my pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal, that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.